Hey guys, welcome to The Roundtable, episode 80. I'm Jenny Walker, the social media ministry leader here at Life Church, and this is Mike Hill, our pastor. There, we Woo, did it. Got it right. I always yeah, call him something different. Pastor. Who knows? Because yeah, I don't want any titles. So yes, like, right. Yeah, teaching guy up yep. on the front's perfectly fine. With Some me. weird guy that stands up yeah. front. Because I was just listening to podcasts this morning uh-huh. when I was making feed for Isaac, and I was listening through it, and we're like, nope, we still didn't get it done again. The last podcast. Oh, the made. last one? Yeah. Wait, so what did I it. say the last time? We got it. You said, Leave the pastor? You, you started off going, see. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, I don't know why. Something. But yeah, either way. But I got it right this time. Yeah. Good. Yep. And we haven't had two guests on the podcast in a really long time, actually. But we have Carrie. Oh, my gosh. I <laughs> combined Thank your names. Thank you. I combined your names. Yeah, have you okay. ever been called that? Like a, Carrie? Carrie? Yeah, so Karen and then Gary. Do you see if you add like, it, nope, nope, okay, nope. just me. Yeah. That would make sense that it would only be me. Yeah. Yes. So again, with two guests, we always got to keep it moving because yes. we struggle to stay within an hour anyway yeah. just with one guest. So to be able to kind of get your guys' story and what's going on. And mm-hmm. so whoever wants to start, like are you're not, are, is one of you more of a talker than the other? Oh, that would be <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So we'll have to specifically, Blake, okay, hey. Like, what you, so tell us a little bit about you. Like, what's going on in your life now? What do you love to do? What's happening? Are you watching something on? What, what's the main focus of life or what's going on in your life today? Really, right now, our life revolves around our family. We've got, okay. we've got seven, seven girls, three son-in-laws. Seven wow. girls. Seven girls. See, I thought it was bad when we only had Lexi and we oh took in those gosh. kids. And then we had four girls yeah. in the house. And I'm like, this is like almost awful. Like all of them are on their period at the same time. Yeah. They're all that, grumpy no, that's, at the same happens. time. You know what I mean? All PMSing at the same no, time. We yeah. had seven of them living there at the yeah. same time. No, I know. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Because okay. that was the. We did for a while. They there for a while. We had nine, remember when we oh had my some gosh. of the foster kids? Yeah, but that wasn't that was only for like maybe a year. Yeah, so having That's a long time having a year. four girls, I thought I had a bad yeah, seven, seven girls in a house is like uh, Karen's got a really kind heart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she does. I agree because there are significant differences. And girls and boys yes. when it comes to the whole, like, oh, yeah. drama aspect of it all. I yep. don't like drama. Yeah, I know. But don't it seem like girls get in it more than boys? Yeah. I think. Like, they go to school, and yeah. it's more dramatic yeah. at school. And when they come home, it's issues tend to be more dramatic, mm-hmm. you know, than it is with well, I'm sure with like seven siblings, especially if they're close in age, like with girls, I feel like they would be upset. Like you talk to my boyfriend or something like that, you know? No, actually it worked, it worked out good because the older ones kind of helped out with the younger ones. Oh, oh that's amazing. We, um, we started out, we had, we, we had our four and we were, we prayed about it and we felt called to do foster care. And Karen and I prayed and we agreed to one, because we were, felt like were we you going to do foster care, or did you want to do foster to adopt? Like, did no, you go into it with just just no, foster? No, we care. just fe- felt called to help. We thought, okay, well, the Lord's blessed us upon us. I think we can do we do four okay, right? You know, and um, <laughs> one foster child, one you know, to make up for Jesse going to college. <laughs> you just keep replacing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I had in mind, and. Um, yeah, it didn't but, work out. No, no. Um, the first one was on Karen's birthday or close to it. It was and they on said, my birthday. They said, well, 
Karen goes, she goes, they called, they got, they got two. <laughs> and I go, well, we, we agreed to one. <laughs> you know? They said for two weeks. Right. They did say that. They said right. it was for two weeks. Right. Yep. And that's Abby But it wasn't Bella. two weeks. No, that's Abby and Bella. That's our two. Yeah. Two <laughs> <laughs> They're 15 and, I don't know. 13. 13. Yeah. yeah. So you ended up adopting them? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They, so no plan for foster to adopt, no. but it turned into. They went back to mom within two weeks and then come back. Yeah. And just never left. And after then never that. left after that. So. Right. It's been a blessing for us. And I mean, right. the Lord, but he's put a lot of people in our path to guide us along. Yeah. And to help us understand and to, to grow. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, the older ones have always helped out. Which that's amazing. That's so you had five biological, four, four biological yeah. and three foster to adopt or you yeah. just adopted? Foster to adopt. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, so how did, so I'm always interested in this because I've always said, like, it seems weird to me that the call of the church, right? So pure and faultless religion is to take care of the orphan. And yeah. The so it could have been back. one of the so three. Audio difficulties. So now we're back. We're back. Nick probably will piece it together. Nobody will even know. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Never happened. But anyway, so back to the whole idea. And I don't know how far we want to go into this, but so the church. So when, when we were looking at this, you would we thought it through foster care, right? Yep. Amazing because the law had changed then. So uh, termination of parental rights changed. I don't know how many years ago this was, but it made it easier for kids to be adopted out of foster care, right? Or because of before there were certain things that had, right. they had to go back and forth. And if they were with their parents within one year and yeah, yeah, yeah then they're not up, their parental rights aren't terminated, but oh, some wow. of that stuff had changed. Right. So anyway, so you could get, this is what's crazy. You could get a booklet back then of all of the kids whose parental rights have been terminated. Right, like it's oh, a wow. Just sit there and look at it. I mean, there's wow. all these kids in Northeast Indiana. Good thing I and didn't find that one. You could go through. This. It's <laughs> yes. almost like shopping. Yeah, right? so yeah. you shop through this book, and you know, wow. and again, it was the hard to adopt kids, sibling groups. Nobody oh. wanted sibling groups. No. Yeah. Very few white people wanted African American kids. Yeah. You know, so like you'd go through this book, and I'm Nobody always like, five. Seems yeah. weird to me. That here's the church, and James says pure and faultless religion is taking care of the orphan the little. Because mm -hmm. I've always said, how weird would it be for these kids to age out of foster care? Right. Yeah. So here's the idea. So there are kids every single day aging yes. out of foster care. Yes. Yeah. So when it's time to walk down the aisle, who's walking down that? What father is going to walk a daughter down the aisle? Mm -hmm. Because they, don't they didn't it. do it. And the reason being is, is because in the church's mind, all of the problems that go with foster kids. Right, yep. they'll mm -hmm. bring them in. They're going to affect your own kids. Yeah, they're we've heard that. Cause yeah. problems. They're going to be, you know, all of the stuff that goes into it. So mm -hmm. maybe because people have heard me gripe on this for years, <laughs> like I've said it from the front a hundred times. Yeah, I get have. it. Not everybody's call, right, is to take care of these kids. But I do think that it's weird. The number of people in churches today, yeah, mm -hmm. should empty the foster care system. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't even get it. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, even if even if it was 10% of the people inside of the church, yeah. they would say, you know what? We have the ability. We feel the calling. Because I just, here's my the thing I've always said. If God has a need, he's mm -hmm. calling people. Like, I don't think it's from Definitely. a lack of people being called. You no. know what I mean? Like, I don't think he would say, right. take care of the orphan and the widow, and then not 
put yeah. a calling on enough people's life to empty the foster care system. Like, why would any kid ever age out of the foster care system? Because people don't listen. Well, yeah. They, yeah. you think about it in, in real life terms here. Okay, you can say, well, they're not listening. Okay, but now take, you know, I'm the head of the household here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take on three more kids. Now mm-hmm. I, can, I can barely afford to... F- yeah, for yeah. sure, four that mm-hmm. I have. Yeah, right? yeah. Right. How... Lord, how am I going to do this? Right. Mm-hmm. You see, know what I mean? But that's my point about the church. Yeah. Like, I have no idea then why the church, because I've always said the job of life church or the job of the church is to support those who are called, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Not call them to support what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not Don't call them into this 5,000 things to do at the church because you decided it was what they needed to do. But make that minimal. Make what Life Church does minimal. We have to do these five things, and we need some help, right? So there ought to be enough volunteers. We ought to be able to spread it out. You mm-hmm. should still have tons of time to, to go through your calling. Mm-hmm. And when that calling is restricted by something, whatever that is, isn't the job of the church is to remove the lid? Yeah. Yes. And we've had, when we, we were restricted, there were times financially that we had trouble, and we never really went to the church, but our we were close with our church family and people have stepped in and, and helped us or they've stepped in and yeah. they've guided us mainly with a lot of advice. And here's, mm-hmm. you right. know, Gary, here's what I would do. You know what yeah, I mean? For sure. I'm not telling you what to do, but I can, right. You know, right. these are probably your clearer options. Here. And do you think that the majority of people who are choosing not to engage into the foster care system are because they know it and they choose not to, They've been called and choose not to. They, they've they been called and they choose not to because of financial reasons. Or is it they have no idea? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think a lot of us probably scared. I know yeah. I was scared. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. I mean, here I am going to take some some other kids in and I don't know how I'm going to handle this. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Our only criteria was that, that we stuck to and it was, I, I still think it was a sound decision because we had, Four girls at home. Mm-hmm. The only thing I, we wanted yeah, to bring sure. in was girls. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. That was right. smart. Yeah, but um, other than that, it was pretty much. And I was more open to it than he was. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. mean, in I, the beginning. I, oh yeah. Yeah. It took me a lot of talking to get him talked into do it. Mm-hmm. That's why we started with the one. <laughs> <laughs> that very quickly turned into two. And you again, and like That's I been said, a blessing here. so from the, from the standpoint of. Like you said, because this, this is part of it. So the man is the head of the house, spiritual leader. That's yeah. what God yes. calls him to do. So do you think it is most men are like, no way, I'm never bringing kids into my yeah. house? I don't know. I think there's just a lot of responsibility there. And I, a lot of, I mean, I, I know I didn't have the skills to deal with, with all these, and Karen didn't either. But there again, the Lord provided a lot of people in our paths. And if you look down, you'll probably see that in your life too. That, yeah. You know, even the financial part of it, okay, now I didn't, when I said I didn't make enough money to support him, I was serious. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, now, I mean, I do now, mm-hmm. you know, and the Lord's opened a lot of doors and I mean, I've had to do a lot of hard work for it, but that's, yeah, for that's sure. okay. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, I but, see like, not, I'm, I really don't even know if I can speak on this situation because I have nothing to do with it, but like with the fostering or being a man, but I think it's selfishness. I think we get comfortable in our own homes and the thought of bringing somebody in is just, I think it's complete selfishness from the person 
it's a lot to give up your home and your children and well, it's a lot your to time. Bear yeah. Because you bear your whole life. We're all busy. To these, you know, I mean, every, you know, up until then, you can put on some type of facade. Mm-hmm. But now I'm going to open up the door. These kids are going to come in. Okay, I'm, I'm okay with the kids coming in. Now that DCS, DCS oh. is going to come in, they're going to look around. They're, you know, I mean, I have nothing to hide. No, right. <laughs> but, and honestly, at that point, you don't. <laughs> Because I know you know, everybody. everybody's there. You know, yeah. You've been there. You know, yeah, no, I know. I mean, the, the times that, because we even had, once we took in kids and we weren't even in the foster care. Yeah. So we got licensed. And then Gina came to me on a Sunday and said, hey, the Clark kids know you. Like, uh, can you take them? And so the three youngest were here. And I'm like, called Sherry. I'm like, hey, you remember? We took them, you know. <laughs> you just took them? Yeah. That and then day? I just told her like, hey. And then they brought the two oldest. Oh. Josh did later on. But in that process, you know, one of the things that kids are really good at, you know, so foster kids and kids that have been in this, they know how to work the system. Oh, absolutely. And so there were times sure. like they didn't like the discipline. And so they would tell somebody at school that we weren't yep. taking care of them or that yeah. like we, you were hurting them or something. Them. And yeah. so DCS yep. would call them and be like, Come on out. Come on out. I don't feel ashamed. No. You know, because people would be like, oh, my gosh, you got DCS called on. I'm like, yeah. Just no. come on out. We're you can it. look through. Go through everything. You can believe them if you want. Talk to everybody else. This is the way it works. But, yeah. So this is like a bigger subject. So I want you to you guys' thoughts on this. So the other piece that has always went with that. So for you to do it, it took. God said, mm-hmm. right, yes. so commandment. So he tells us, pure mm-hmm. and false religion should take care of the orphan and the widow. So a commandment to all Christian people is to take care of the least of these. And I think when he talks about orphan and widows, he's he's saying it from the standpoint of they can't take care of themselves. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of least of these. People who, guys that have fallen on bad times. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, a man could still get up and work. Right. A man could still get up and do back in that culture. A yep. man could still go out and get a job. Yes. Widows and orphans had no opportunity to be able to go to those places or do any of no, those things. At that time, women couldn't. Yeah. Right. So this they was were. to say that Christian people need to, by faith, stand in the gap for those who can't. So mm-hmm. yes. command. Now, there's lots of those in Scripture, lots of things that he tells us to do. But the problem becomes is, is that the only way to get it done is an act of faith. Right. Right. And so my biggest struggle has always been with the church. Like, I think people are very good at coming to church, learning more about scripture. I think people are very good at coming to Bible studies and talking and getting more in community with other people. But how many people, if you went around the churches today and said, tell me about the faith step, I mean, the thing that you had to say, God, unless you come through, right. which is a situation that yeah. you're talking about, yeah. God, unless you come through, this isn't going to be. Where is that in the majority of the American Christians walk? Yeah, I have an opinion. I don't know if it's true, but mm-hmm. I'd say it's very little. I agree. I agree. Very yeah. little people who have said, God calls me to something so big in my life mm-hmm. that to be able to get that done is a faith step. Right. You know, and that we don't really talk about it either because we we would celebrate, I think, inside of the Christian church, knowledge over faith. Yes. Oh, yes. You Absolutely. Know, because that's what that's what most people would celebrate. Wow, you came and you know more about the Bible and you understand yeah. more about it and you're theologically more correct and you're... Yeah, you can answer all the questions. Yeah. And you're better behaved than you were in the past. And so <laughs> weird because the church never 
you know, really challenges people to mm -hmm. say, but you understand being better behaved and theologically sound yeah. is no different than a Pharisee. Mm -mm. Right. right. Actually, it's exactly like a Pharisee. Yeah. So the problem is Jesus addressed the Pharisees and the church never said to the sinner, you're going to hell, but to the Pharisee and yeah. the Sadducee, the religious people who worked hard on getting to know the Bible and becoming better behaved, he said, you should fear hell. Yeah. Wow. But you know what I'm saying? So I think yeah. there's something missing inside of the church that would say, although very difficult, you know, inside of that, it's what we're called. Those faith steps, you should not be abnormal. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying from a foster care. I'm saying in anything. Right. Like all of us at some point in our life or in our journey should be like, I took this step and God had to come through, mm -hmm. right? Instead of being like, yeah, I'm a Christian living by faith, but what by what? Yeah. Like, what are you doing and mm -hmm. what steps have you taken and what has caused you to get to that place of faith? And I didn't know what you guys thought. I mean, when you look around, do you see the same thing? Do you feel the same way when it comes to like people living inside of the church that aren't taking great steps of faith where they would say, I'm better. And I, cause I don't know about this. So maybe you can clear <laughs> this up for me. I would much rather support you who's taking it and that's okay. Like in God's eyes, I'm going to support the person who's taking the face step, but yeah. I'm not going to oh, take the, the face being, step. The being the one. I'm going to yeah. be the one. You need a check. I'll write you a check. You need to be the well, one. Cause I don't want to be the uncomfortable one. I don't, don't want to take the, that. But some, I'll support the, I'll support the God called people. But mm -hmm. maybe that's their, maybe that's the position that they're in. Some but that's people, my question. That was know. my question. Yeah. So is that a step of faith? Is that a, you know, does yeah. that put them in a position of saying, or is it an easy way out? It could mm. be both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then for them to see the need too uh -huh. is big too. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people won't even see that there's a need there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We were really surprised. And there again, we haven't been in, had foster kids for a long time because we've got to three now. But, um, was really surprised, and her eyes were opened up as to how big the need actually yeah. was here in Huntington. You know oh, what I yeah, mean? Which is sure. amazing. I mean, I was yeah. must have had a lot of blinders on because a, a lot of stuff I was really naive about and a lot of stuff I was just ignorant about. Which, why you do know? you think we are? Because I'm, like, the same way I, since I'm not in that, like, area of the foster care going in, like, I didn't know it was that big of a need. I mean, I yeah, hear about it, but. They, they don't show it. They don't. I mean, it's not there in your face mm -hmm. for you to see that this is what's going on. They kind of pull it back so people can't see that there's an issue. Which that's wrong. It is. I mean, because there's so many, so many of the kids that are out there that need Like this. hundreds? Oh, yeah. Like in Huntington? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know about anymore. Northeast think. Indiana, again— if I, I'm almost positive, you could, it's probably on the internet right now. I'm sure. And not yeah. in a booklet, but you could go on Northeast Indiana right now and say, uh, maybe just challenge people to do that. Mm -hmm. Kids that have had their parental rights terminated, yeah. right? Yeah. So parental rights have been terminated. These kids are up for adoption. If you want to adopt them, they're adoptable. And I'm guessing that list is very I'm long. sure. And that's how we got the three the parental rights had been terminated, terminated and they were technically wards of the state. Right. Wow. Well, and you the, know. the youngest one was three days old when we got her. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I got, I got a call saying, hey, we have a, a three-day-old. Would you want it? I'm like, oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and they had her. There again, a lot has to wow. change from Tuesday to yeah. Wednesday for that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was yeah. one day. I had, we had no crib. We had nothing. Yeah, for sure. So it's like sending out stuff. I'm like, I need all this stuff, people. Come on, I need help. Yeah, so, so you're like have... having to completely uproot your life in a moment. So there again, our and church just... family stepped in and really provided a lot of stuff and a lot of support. And they, a lot of that family still does. You know, we've had our one... Our one friends, Mike and Tara, have been, gosh, I don't know how long we've been friends with them, but whenever we'd have trouble with Abby, which Abby was more than difficult. I mean, there was. Wow. There was really bad times. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But, um, they've been, they were really helpful walking us through it. They had the same, they, they'd done foster care for a long time and mm-hmm. had the same issues. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. Yeah, 18, yeah. 18 years. We've known them 18 years. So it wasn't a Gary and Karen show. Yeah, it no. Was, it was a lot. There was a big <laughs> right. right, for sure. Well, yeah. let's, so let's throw this. Go ahead, Kim. Oh, I was just going to say with Abby, there were so many people even at school that I had trouble with the school system. And I just went to church and said, I, you know, pray for this. I need someone to walk with me because I don't know how to do this. Yeah. I had a lady come out and say, hey, I want to help you. Right. And they went into the school system and helped me with her and got to get her where she's at today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it worked out real well. Yeah, so so think about it. So your question was, how do people not know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So here's yeah. here's so let's talk about my belief or theology. Okay. Right. So God tells us to pray to have eyes and a heart like His. Yes. Okay. So does somebody really need to put it in front of you? Or is God going to lay it on your heart? Because that's what he said he would do, right? Like True. he says, yeah. if you pray for his eyes yeah. and his heart, mm-hmm. again, this is the thing that I just get this big disconnect from because I just can't imagine if you really want his eyes and his heart for whatever it is, whether it's foster care, whether it's widows, whether it's drug addiction, whatever those things are, right? The, if you ask for those eyes and that heart, Knowing the way that God made you and wired you, why why wouldn't he be like, I'm going to lay something on your heart. And when you do, when you get that, it's going to be like, I'm going to go find out. Yeah. I'm going to go look. Yeah. I'm going to go figure out. I just don't think, this is personal, I don't think very many Christian people are praying for the eyes and the heart of God. I think they're praying to have a better life. Yes. Yeah. Stop sinning. Yes. And get to know more about the Bible, a very selfish Mm -hmm. view. And I don't, again, I don't think it's their fault. It's all they've been taught. Exactly. All they've been taught when you go to church is get your life right and stop sinning and stop doing. And I'm always the opposite. Like, I'm like, here here would be my suggestion. Mm -hmm. Start serving, start doing, and start looking. And the rest of that crap, I mean, it works its way out. I mean, it just works its way out. Over time, you're going to become better. You're going to, you know, but you're going to do it because you now have the heart of God, Mm -hmm. you know, not because you're trying to follow the rules. Anybody that tries to follow the rules loses anyway. Yeah, And that's how I was when we, before we came to Life Church. I mean, I did all the Bible studies. I did all, you know, anything I could do to get into the Word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then I felt like I still wasn't doing what I needed to do. And mm-hmm. it was hard to figure out where, where do I need to be? Cause mm-hmm. I was a stay home mom for over 30 years. Yeah, for sure. So it's like, where do I need to fit into the world? Right. You know, and I just felt, I fall short of, of remembering the Bible verses and, you know, how can I yeah, teach people? Mm-hmm. How can I reach people? But then after you said that from the pulpit, I was like, 
I'm doing it already. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, I, I am doing it. Yeah, I don't for need sure. to know all that. I, no. you know, I am reaching people. I am talking to them. I'm, you know. You are the word yeah. become yeah. flesh. Yeah. Right. So when Jesus was the word that became flesh to all the people then. So if you didn't really understand who God was, so yeah. this is the disconnect in the world today, right? So back then, you had people who were trying to get to know who God was. So the Greeks, right? The yeah. Greeks. Yeah had no idea because they had served multiple gods. The Greeks needed to know who God was. They couldn't understand it. Jesus said, I am, mm -hmm. right? The word become like, if you want to know God in flesh, spend time with me. Yeah. And when you spend time with me, you'll get to know God. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus essentially is saying the same thing. So people today still have the same struggle. I don't know who Jesus is. I don't really understand. I don't get the whole aspect of it all. You guys say he's a savior. You guys say all of these things. Because I always am looking at, like my passion has always been and will always be the truly unchurched people. Mm -hmm. Like, do we get their perspective? Because too many times we organize around what it takes for a churched person to get re-churched again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you take a churched person who's been out of church for a while and we're like, we want to try to get you reconnected. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with trying to get a churched person reconnected right. with the church. But the language and the way and the things that you do with a re-churching a person is so much different Absolutely. than those yeah. who have been unchurched. Because yeah. none of that programmatic things that you've done in the past works. Nope. Right. Like they don't get any of that. Yeah. They don't understand any of that. What they get is watching you yes. guys be Jesus. Yep. Yeah. And sharing oh, your story. That makes complete yeah. sense to me. Like I get that. Yeah. Like now, now when you're talking about Jesus, if you're yep. saying that, oh, that makes complete sense to me mm -hmm. now that yep. that's who Jesus is. That's what Jesus does. And I really think that's what the Lord led us through there at, at College Park, because when we started there, I mean, I didn't know anything about how to be a godly mm -hmm. father. I didn't grow up in a church. Right. And, um, you know, I prayed, you know, Lord, I, I want to try and be this godly man to lead my family at whatever that mm -hmm. that looks right. like. And where, where I think a lot of where he showed us was that um, at that point, they were, they were starting small groups. So we got to to go to these people's houses, you mm. know, these groups' houses, mm -hmm. and read Scripture and, and share a little bit about our lives mm -hmm. and see the, and then pray for their struggles and mm -hmm. ours. So it became then uh, the faith that I was seeing on Sunday, it, it became real. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Because you're watching it happen in somebody yeah. else's mm -hmm. life. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think that's just the power of where the unchurch is looking today isn't necessarily to the church. Mm -mm. Right. right. The unchurched, like it's a difference. Like people who are churched are trying to find a church. Mm -hmm. People who are unchurched are trying to find Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's a significant difference in the way that people are searching. And so I've always said, as a church, be careful that you don't organize yourself around people trying to find a church. Yeah. Yeah. Organize yourself around people trying to find Jesus. Right. Because that's what our calling is. I mean, mm -hmm. we want to help people who are looking for a church church because they then can be a part of helping the people who are looking for Jesus, right? Yeah. Like as long as those two things go together is, is that we're teaching people like, yeah, I hope this church can help you be Jesus to a world who's looking for him, like right. equipping people, getting people in those positions. Cause that's what I think people are looking for today. They're trying to understand how to put it into practice. And mm -hmm. I have no idea 
how to put it into yeah. practice or I don't know how to do it because it's been foreign. Yes. And if, and again, not even saying that this is exactly the way it goes, but the model of what Christians have sometimes showed to the world is not Jesus. Absolutely. Definitely. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's part of, and I'm not, I think a lot of the time that's a blanket statement. I know that there are people that are, yeah. But well, I, right, right. But there's more that's not. Yes. Yeah, I don't think that they're giving a good representation of who Jesus is, you know, yeah. and the conversations that they're having mm-hmm. usually don't go that much with <laughs> who the Savior is. Right. Yeah, know? that turns the unchurched away completely. Yeah. Because you've been in that boat. Yes. Right? Like you've seen it from that side of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, that kind of, I got off subject. Sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to hear what you guys had to say, because again, that is a huge yeah, face it test. Is. It's yeah. life altering when you take in, you know, yeah. kids. And, and again, nobody's going to glamorize taking children. And no. anybody that's been a part of that journey understands that everybody from the outside can tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing. But until, <laughs> oh, you, live it, until you live it, until you've been through it, I, I hear you. I hear you, but I, I mean, till you've done it, I don't know what what to say. Yeah, they have a lot more baggage exactly. than what you ever would yeah. think that a three year old would come with. <laughs> no, I yeah, right. You know, and there there's so much baggage, and and you know, I looked at people with kids before and thought when I earlier on. No, I know. Oh my gosh, just you know, take care of that kid. You know, <laughs> I think we all have. But yeah. now some I'm point. like, oh, honey, I'm with you. I know how it is. You know, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what it's like because yeah. everybody has this perfect opinion on how things should go. Oh yeah, right. You know, right. and they just don't have any idea. Back to, you know, that being Jesus to these people, loving them through their trauma, mm-hmm. loving them through their difficult situations, loving them, not giving up on them, yeah. which is what most of them expect. Right. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and I think go most, through. Yeah, yeah. Most of yeah. them like expect. The ones that do graduate or grow out of it. It's like out, yeah. they're going out into the world with all that trauma where they didn't get the love mm-hmm. that they got when they were in a home with yeah. two parents and they're yeah. going out into the world and they're probably the ones committing crimes and all these things. And it's like, I feel like if we would help children at that age, like if we were more to adopt, like everybody, it would save a lot. Like yeah. it would. If you think about when you, when at that age, when they age out, that's when, I mean, your job as a parent, or at least it seems like our job as a parent has never Never and really they, went away. I mean, we've shifted no, roles, right? But when the when the girls stepped out, you know, from the house to college or to whatever their next destination was, mm-hmm. it wasn't like they um yeah. you stopped being a parent. Yeah, you, right? they still need you, know? you. So I always felt yeah. bad for the kids that did yeah. age out in foster care because here they they don't have anybody. There's mm-hmm. no one with support, and honestly, that's that's how um that's how we came about Emma because I, I think the little girl that had her. Didn't have, well, I know she didn't have a whole lot of support. Yeah. So she didn't know how to be a, a yeah. mama at that time. Right. You know, so what What do I do here? You right. Know? Right. Yeah, because, yeah. go know. ahead, Karen, sorry. Oh, I keep interrupting you. You right? do. When you're ready to say, I know. <laughs> I learned this by listening to the podcast. I need to shut up. More. Yeah, you do sometimes. <laughs> I do. I'm like, gosh, just be quiet. People want to hear from the important people. Right. Not me. Yes, our guests. That. Yeah. Jeez. I know. I'm sorry. Yes. You know, I, I've tried to teach my kids that you need to do and treat people like Jesus would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's how I've li- I live my life mm-hmm. is, you know, oh, you know, that person doesn't have no shoes. Do you need help? You know, I, you know, you have to be that person for, mm-hmm. you know, for Jesus, because that's just how it has to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But with Emma, it was, 
she was three days old and I got her and I knew who the mom was. And I walked into the first meeting and she's like, man, I feel bad for trying to fight for her. And I'm like, no, no. I'm just here to watch her until We're you can take her. actually here to help her. you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> mm -hmm. But then it got to the point at eight months old, if you guys will keep her, we'll sign off. Mm -hmm. So she felt bad for like fighting, yeah. like to, for bringing yeah. her for her, like taking her back or something. Yeah, she felt bad for fighting for her because she said, if I'd have known it was you guys oh. that ended up with her. And I'm like, no, no, no. Our you know, so that gave me the first that. thing that, oh, maybe she's not yeah. ready mm -hmm. to be a mom. Yeah. So, so we offered to help to work even with her outside mm -hmm. of foster care. You know, like we'll help you with mm -hmm. with Emma, you know. But I, I imagine at that point, I mean, she didn't know us and we were. Yeah. Only time we'd seen her in the past was one of our other daughters had her over years ago. Mm -hmm. They were Friends. in class together. I can't yeah. remember. But yeah. um, so how how did it go? Because this was the big question for a lot of people in our family was what effect did it have on your own kids? Mm -hmm. You know, that was always this big question for our family was like, oh my gosh, you're taking in all these kids who have had pre-existing <laughs> problems yeah. and bring problems into your home. And I've always told my story, you know, of what my kids say back to that, but mm -hmm. I don't, what's your perspective from your kids? Maybe. <laughs> it would depend which one you ask. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to yeah. share. I mean, I just, no, again, the the one daughter will say, well, it took my childhood away. Now mm -hmm. I'm not mm -hmm. the only one. I'm, mm -hmm. not, I'm not the baby no more. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay, I get that. Mm -hmm. You know, the other ones don't don't see it that way. They look at them as they're the older sisters now. Right. You know. Right. And, and our one daughter really wants to do foster once she can. Mm -hmm. She works thirds now, so she can't. But she yeah. would like to do that eventually, too. Right. So to help out. Yeah, because so. I we always said, like— you know how hard it is for children to understand faith because even as adults, we barely understand yeah. faith. But when you do that, your kids learn really fast yes. what faith is yeah. by the example that you gave. Yeah. And they learn sacrifice mm -hmm. that you can't teach. Yeah. yeah. You can't teach it. You can say what you want. Like, you need to serve other kids and you need to do, but until right. you share a bed with them, mm -hmm. until you give up your bed and sleep mm -hmm. on the floor, until you, like, it's just hard to teach, yeah. be selfless and think of other kids and and until those situations happen. So, I mean, for my own kids, I think they would have lots of opinions, but I think at the end of the day, they would say that was another marker of where yeah. I saw faith. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like yeah. how it works now in my life. Like I hear you saying you made a faith mm -hmm. step, but now yeah. I had to make a decision. Right. Yeah. Like how does my faith now activate mm -hmm. when you're saying, you know, for us, three sets of twins, you oh, know wow. what I mean? Cause we took in the five, but it was Brady and Corbin, same age. Yeah. Lexi wow. and Allie were the same Which age. Which is amazing. Oh, that's a lot. Of you know, and so then, then Abby yeah. was in between. Bailey and Isaac were the same age. And yeah. then Jeremy says, like, having three sets of twins, wow. you know, in the midst of all of that. And so a lot goes into that because now you are sharing right. everything, everything that happens yeah. in those times yeah. and in right. that grade. And it wasn't, you know, and they were all older, 16 down to 10. I mean, I can't remember exactly what the ages right. were, but I yeah. think 16 down to 10, you know. But either way, I just didn't yeah. know, like, as your kids, because sometimes it might come later on, as your kids reflect yeah. back on mm -hmm. your life and the things that you've done. Yeah. Well, yeah. ours were spread out, too, because our old, our kids are four years apart, all but the last two or three. Okay. And so, and then Grace was what? I don't remember how old she was. 
she might have been five when when we started fostering. Oh, okay. So they were a little bit older, and then the other was were younger. Okay. We took one teenager in, and that was like never again. She was like, oh. <laughs> really? No, she was. Like, She's a good girl. Yeah, she was a good girl, but she couldn't be. A, she was a twelve or thirteen year old girl that showed up with a kit, you know. And um, gosh, we just couldn't. We couldn't help her. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. I mean, she needed to be in a in a place that didn't have so many other girls around, and mm-hmm. she, yeah. she needed individual attention. Right. Yeah. She didn't. She didn't need to be around at that time. She didn't need. She didn't know how to relate to guys, so she didn't need to be around any guy. Wow. Yeah. You know. Right. So I mean, I. I've, Which is sad. Who's taking care of like not saying you guys, yeah. but like right. who will step in and do that? Like, was she just going to age out? Is it, Especially being a teenager, is she just going to age out and then like carry all those problems? Like that's what I don't understand. She ended up like at White's and Mm -hmm. that's the last place we've seen. Yeah, like we're just. And again, I don't want to like this isn't to blame right? Right. All I'm here's all I've said is is that we have to be careful because this is what I'm always challenging the church to think outside of the box. So inside of the box, we focus a lot on taking families that come. With normal children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Normal children. Yeah. Like we're not equipped. Churches aren't very well equipped for special needs. Yeah. I don't even know what the word I say, not normal, (laughs) special, whatever that is. We're usually not equipped to handle it, Mm -hmm. you know, and we focus all of our ministries around two parent homes, single parent homes with normal children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just keep saying, where as a church, how are we not thinking outside of the box? Because just think about this. The majority of those children that are in those situations don't know Jesus. Right. Oh, and absolutely. And have no ability to know Jesus. Right. Could be the greatest evangelism tool a church could ever do. Because we already know this. Most yeah. kids make a decision for Jesus before the age of 16. They're, yes. Yeah, they're set for life. So this is like fertile soil, mm-hmm. but the church has no idea how to fix it. Mm, yeah. That's or interesting. no idea what to do with it. And I just get, I've been praying about this for 10, 11 years. Yeah. Because I just say, like, somehow God's got to raise up something inside of it. Because I don't know what the answer mm-hmm. is other than go to the to the model that we had in Guatemala, which was you right. create these compounds, you bring in house parents, oh. yeah. compounds. That's a bad way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah. it, had to ha- it had to be a walled place because right. of people coming in wanting to hurt the children. Right. You wow. Know, and, well, okay. Because it's a market. Because they knew Americans were uh, adopting. Yeah. So they would come they would in to steal them. them and sell, sell them. them. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, so there was a walled place. But on there, you have house parents. Mm-hmm. The houses were provided for you. Everything was done right there. And you bring in these lots of kids with house parents and you would have 12 kids and you would raise these kids up amongst your children and you just keep getting them. Mm -hmm. Wow. That was the model in Guatemala. That's why I was called the house of hope because they would, they'd create these places. And then the house on this place, it had five houses, house parents from America would come there. Then they changed it to Guatemalan parents. And then on the place had a school, had a medical facility, Mm -hmm. had a place where you could work on vehicles, had all of this stuff there to wow. be able to do it. And again, there was, I can't remember the name, but that before we went to plant a church, that's what we were going to do mm, because they awesome. tried to do it in Brown County. Oh. So down in Brown County, this guy had this vision. He got this land. He was going to yeah, build these houses. He bring in these house parents couldn't get it funded. Really? So that's what stopped him? That's my point. So I just can't yeah. understand 
when the church looks at being missional, yeah, like how could you look at that and say, ah, not a very good idea? Like, I just don't understand just, it. And maybe it's because I'll just keep praying, keep asking God to open doors, because I just can't imagine that that can be ignored. Mm-hmm. Well, and all the people that we need to reach that have the kids even with special needs. No, for sure. Yeah. Because the parents aren't getting church, or they're not getting the community because they're dealing with the yeah. child. I don't want to take my own early kid in here. Because, yeah, no, yeah. For sure, How you know? are they going to think if right. I bring you know my I mean. kid into this place? Right. Which I think is cool because Heather has started that buddy system inside yes. of the Children's mm-hmm. ministry here at Life, yeah, creating buddy. an opportunity. You're one of the buddies. Yeah, yeah. That's neat. so I think that's awesome that we've at least started. Yeah, mm-hmm. to try to figure out how to address something outside of the normal, mm-hmm. right? To be able to you do know, it. and for the church to have that wrong to not for there to even be a child that's in need. I remember this was years ago. There was a missionary that came and spoke at one of the churches, and they were translating a Bible over there to this indigenous tribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the biggest words that they had a trouble defining was an orphan, a kid without a parent. Mm-hmm. Because in their culture— They don't have that. There's no that such was, thing. That was, that was no such child. thing. Oh, my god! Somebody gosh. always took care of the child. Right. So for them to come up with that word— They couldn't even, like, think was, of it. Wow. Right. See, that's amazing. You know, and that's, I'm thinking, well, here this—they're living out with sticks, and, mm-hmm. and they got Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know. Yeah, nobody would leave a child. You know, <laughs> you know, when you think about it, like really think about it, it's really messed up. Yeah. It yeah. really is. So do you remember when like um, all the stuff was going around early this year about like um, abortion and how yes. the Roe v. Wade or whatever the heck oh. it's called? Mm-hmm. So a lot of like the unchurched people, which most of the unchurched people are on the side of that they don't want or that they did want abortions. abortions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, I remember he, like reading or hearing somebody saying Um, cause it was like us as Republicans or as church people, we don't want abortions because we don't want to kill all these innocent babies. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, well, you're letting these, the other side is saying, well, you're letting these babies grow up and you're not even adopting them out. Mm -hmm. So it's like, they're like calling on the church. So it's amazing that the unchurched people notice that and see Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. but we can't. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. Yeah. And again, I don't know what the answer is, but I do know this. I do know that I think as a whole, Mm -hmm. the church has to have, and when I say revival, the revival in the standpoint of we have to become a people who have the eyes and the heart of God. Yeah. I don't care what programs end up happening. Like at the end of the day, programs will just be programs. We just have to get to the place where we're challenging people that are walking inside of these doors, Mm -hmm. that if we're reading the same scripture, then then our eyes and hearts have to change. Radical things have to happen, in my opinion, to see the gospel spread. We just can't keep doing things as we've been doing them. Like, I just don't know that that's the answer. And there's so many kids out there, even Mm -hmm. that are in houses that shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, that, for sure. That it's it's just because people are doing fostering for money. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. not just that. The uh, homes uh, aren't fit for them to be in there. Oh. Uh, yeah. But. I know, right? It's not much money. Is that what you said? Yeah. There's not. If you do yeah. it for money, you're going to go broke because yeah. there's not enough well, money. No, there are people that do that. <laughs> you know. They do, I don't. I I heard that, but I'm like, I don't. You wouldn't do foster Probably. for money. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you wouldn't well, do those they're probably things. not taking care of the kids like you guys right. are. Yeah, they, so. they, yeah, they don't have the 
Because, I mean, even with just the three we had, I mean, with How I can imagine. doctor visits, Bowen Center workers, Bowen Center, you know, clients, and just, I mean... It's just not to mention the food budget. And yeah. The food budget. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I said the same thing. You can't believe the amount of food. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And it's just getting worse. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I would be one that would take in a hundred kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, me too. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah, she collects them like straight. I collect cats. them like. Stra- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but That's I just an, again, I, I mean, without like belaboring the yeah. point, because. Kids is just bring like what we're bringing yeah. up today to me is just bringing up what has become epidemic inside of yeah. the church. Yeah, oh, yeah, there should be no kid left, left. right without a need. I mean, it. No child should should ever go hungry or no. go cold, right? No. Or, or feel unloved, right? Or, or feel alone, or yeah, feel or not like, protected. Yeah, you know that that should never happen, right? Yeah, and so but it you know? but it, what it brings up is to me. What is wrong at the center of Christianity or church? I don't even know which one to call it, Uh but there's an epidemic problem inside of that, which is if if we look at what's the best way to spend our time, Mm -hmm. you know, or what should we, what is God wanting us to do? We're missing something because it's at this level because we've allowed ourselves to believe in a Christianity that's not biblical. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Which is one that would be unselfish, Mm -hmm. you know, that would give ourselves to other people, that would be a part of whatever the least of these is. doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that you have to be foster parents, but there should not be, I'm going to say this in the right way possible. Just say There should not be a need for government systems if the church did its job. Yeah. There are so many churches, like if you really think about it. We could do so, like, there wouldn't be a child. No. No, there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be anybody. Yeah. I mean, not even just a child, but a right. widow homeless, or, any, like, or a homeless yeah. person. Yeah. 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 So what the, the problem is, is that we love faith as long as it costs you nothing. Yeah. Right. We yeah. love yeah. the I'm idea com- of it. I'm, yeah. I'm comfortable well, with I'm comfortable. it. So maybe that's, mm-hmm. there, there you <laughs> the go. Comfort. So maybe that's no. the epidemic problem in the church. Comfort. Is that somehow we have created an environment where people believe that being comfortable is the goal. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Maybe yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. Maybe that's a better word or better way to say yeah, it. Is, I think is, so. And that we are okay. Because I think God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit are screaming, screaming when he sees a church full of people mm-hmm. who are comfortable. Yeah. Like I oh, think yeah. it's like. This is so wrong. This is so like it's against like, everything this that is I wanted. Not the way that it's supposed yeah. to go. Because yeah. when you're comfortable, do you need me? No. No. You know, and so we have got to just continue, and that's all. All we can do is continue to pray mm-hmm. that God intervenes in a way in all of our hearts to whatever it is. If it's not foster care, it's something. Yeah, there has to be something out there that's going to break this bubble of comfort. Yeah, because there's a lot of things that could break it, Yeah, like for them to open their eyes. Right. And that's why we've always prayed the Sir Francis Drake prayer, Mm -hmm. the disturb us, Lord. What is it? Disturb us, Lord. Have you ever seen No, I've never never heard of that. Yeah, so (laughs) essentially— Do you know it by heart? Huh? Do you know it by heart? No, but I know the emphasis of it, which is essentially— Because, again, this is something that I pray in my journal every day, which Mm -hmm. was— because I think it's very easy just to become comfortable. Oh, yeah. So essentially in the disturb us, Lord, 
he says, you know, again, disturb us, Lord, when we have sailed so close to the to the shore that we can no longer need you, or you know, yeah. when yeah. we've when we've presented ourselves to be so comfortable that essentially we've pushed yeah. you out of the way. So the disturb us, Lord, prayer is to say, put me out in the sea so far that the only thing that I can rely on is you. Put yeah. me in situations that are so far, disturb, disturb my life. Like I pray this all the time, disturb it. Mm-hmm. Wreck it, make it whatever you need because complacency and comfort is of Satan. You yeah. Know? And yeah. if you're at a place of, you know, comfort and complacency, then we've missed the calling of God. So that's Sir Francis Drake prayer is just to remind you every right. single day, mm-hmm. wake up with this idea. Lord, if if I'm getting caught, because I can get caught. Who doesn't get caught it's nice to in be wanting life yeah. to be somewhat normal? <laughs> well, that's what society, I mean, culture is to be comfortable. That's yes. everything that it teaches us. Right. And you, it's normal. There, there are times yeah. when you've lived in chaos your whole life that you're like, hey, can just like a day or two, one, <laughs> just a moment. Down. Yeah, just a moment. Can it be somewhat normal? Some you know, but at the end of the day, I think if you open yourself up to that, mm-hmm. you know, that God will disturb you. You know, when you get too close to the shore and he wants you out when you get to the places where you don't need him anymore. I think if you're open to it, I think he'll really, you know, put you in that place and allow you to be there. And that's, that's essentially what you guys were at, right? Like your life was completely disturbed. Oh yeah. Yes. In the way that you did everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. didn't know it full well going into it how disturbed it was going to be. Some days a little more than others. Yeah, so how much of, because if you can believe this, we only have 10 minutes left. Whoa. So if you can believe this, tell me how much of your upbringing of faith played into where you are today. Did Mm. did you both grow up with, like, watching these things happen? Like, was it a big part of your life? Was faith a part of your journey when you were kids? No, I didn't really grow up in a church home. My, my aunt took me okay. for a couple of times, and I, I did get baptized then. But um, no, I didn't grow up in a church. I grew up down in the hills of Kentucky. It was a, okay. For a boy, that was a really good place to grow up. Oh, I yeah. mean, there's nothing. Running around the yeah. all over to yeah. the woods. And, oh, no, I wore shoes. <laughs> if you had shoes, you were the barefoot <laughs> You were the barefoot one. Yeah, so you were from Kentucky. Yes. They okay. both are. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm sorry, Andrews. Andrews. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. kidding. <laughs> it's just like the Indiana version of Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very much so. Very much so. Yeah, isn't that right, Nick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you grew up, didn't really. So what was the pivotal point of your faith? Like, when did it become real? Where did it? It became real at College Park. Okay. It came what? real when I badgered him to go. To okay, so when you guys got married, yeah. where were you at? Yeah. So like, did you grow up? My my dad believed if he could go to he he believed in Christ, mm-hmm. but he didn't believe he had to go to church to do it. Okay, and he always lived the same way I do. Okay, of helping others. Mm-hmm. So you saw that. I saw that. Up. Yeah, growing up, and he had, was retired because he had had heart conditions. So mm. when I was five, so he walked with me the whole time mm-hmm. with stuff, and I went to church with the neighbor lady. She would I would go over and she'd take me to church and everything, but it wasn't anything that was beat in our mm. head. Mm-hmm. It was nothing. Right. Done. And then you became like, when did faith become real for you? Um, when I was a teenager. Okay. You know, I accepted God and got baptized and everything, and and but then I kind of shied away. Okay. Mm -hmm. After I was probably about eighteen, I ended up getting pregnant, 
and lost a baby. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, I didn't care for about three or four years of my, how my life was going to be. Yeah. And we had met when we were, when I was 15. So oh, was really? Back, that was back. Yeah, I was doing dishes at a restaurant. We moved up here from Kentucky. There was five of us living in a one-bedroom cottage. Wow. Wow. There, and I had a job doing um, doing dishes at a little restaurant called Donna D's. In fact, we still call her today. She was a very sweet lady. Mm. <laughs> you know, and I just met Karen there. Because my, my friend's mom, bought, they had bought the restaurant. Okay. And I went up to stay the week with him and met him. Mm. Wow. And we started dating and for about a year or two. And then he wanted to go in the service, and I felt that he wouldn't do it with being together. So we broke up. And and you went in the service? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, well, I was in there from 89 to 93. Okay. Wow. Yep. And so then when you got back, that's when you guys met? Yeah. It's he when, when I got married. Yep. Yeah. He come back in what, June, and we were married in November. November. Wow. And so at that point, was faith important, not important? Not important. Neither one of you? No, it wasn't. Faith really didn't become important or real until I started going to um, College Park. How'd you end up in the church then? Well, Karen kept badgering me. Well, you know, how'd she end up in the church? <laughs> well, no, I would say, I heard, like, because you said you let him go. I let him So I, he would go to the... Because I knew he wouldn't go to the service right. unless I let him go because he, we were, he wanted to be with me and I knew, you know... It, he wouldn't yeah, go. Yeah. It just wasn't going to work out. So, and then I ended up getting with the wrong crowd and, and I got pregnant and lost it. Uh-huh. And then I didn't care for my life for like three years. It was mm-hmm. like I could have cared less. I drank. I didn't care what yeah. happened to life. And then I got pregnant again. And then it was like God was telling me, wake up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got to wake up. Mm-hmm. You don't want to lose this one. Mm-hmm. So I moved back home. Um, my dad helped me buy a house so I could put a daycare in it. So I had a living for me and and Jesse. And mm. so um, I started the daycare, and she was about a year and a half old. And I had went old. up went to War- Webster looking for him because I heard really? he was home. Oh, wow. And I couldn't find him, so me and my girlfriend came back home. And then I think it was like a week or two later, he calls, and he said, I just wanted to call and tell you I still love you. (gasps) Oh, Oh my gosh. So when you broke it off, were you kind of expecting or hoping, like, deep down that it would work out later? Oh, yeah. So that was an act of faith. That's like a storybook Yeah, I know. It is. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, that's an act of faith. Like, maybe it wasn't, like, relied on God, but, like, you still foresaw that, like, happening. Yeah, so you guys get back together, get married. That's been 29 years ago. Yeah, and so wow. you ended up in College Park how, or ended up oh, in church. we were going to Andrews, to the Brethren Church. We had started going there. And that was, I liked it there because there was like maybe 10 people. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You know, yeah. it doesn't you like go to my being comfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's right. your comfort. So, you but, but again, <laughs> what prompted getting back in church? Well, I just knew that we needed to get back in touch. Okay, in so touch. it was just this like inkling that says, yeah. you know what? We need, I don't we know need anything, something. but we got to get back. We need something. You're missing so something. you get back into the church, but re- you're saying real change happened. Yeah, because I we were t- I was teaching our kids. Okay. And stuff, and so I had known um, this guy at the hospital, um, Jeff Sells, that had had his uh, leg cut off, mm-hmm. amputated. And every time I seen him, he kept badgering me, you need to take those kids to church. Mm. I'm like, I know, I know. No, you need to bring them to church. So finally, I took them to Wednesday night church. Okay. Me and the girls started going. We loved it. And after about a month or two, I told him, I said, you know, I think I'm going to go to church over here. Well, Mm. you can go. I'm not doing it. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So then every week, 
I'd get up, me and the kids would get ready for church. I'm like, are you going to church? Nope. I'm like, okay. But every week I'd ask him. Yeah, I just kept sure. yeah. asking him mm-hmm. every week. And finally he goes, fine, I'll go. <laughs> yeah. But don't ask me again. Right. Mm-hmm. And 18 years later, I had never had to ask him again because he was. Yeah. That's and amazing. The, but what the turning point was, I think, well, I know what it was, was when I realized that if I wanted Karen and my my kids to believe in his faith, that they they had to see me doing it. Yeah. And that's when I prayed to remember I said earlier in the thing that I pray I did, I prayed to the Lord. I don't know how to lead a godly family. Yeah. yeah. But um I'm asking you to show me how. Yeah. And it wasn't like he sent someone and said, Gary, these are rules. <laughs> yeah, these are rules. <laughs> that would be really nice. Rules, be really nice. Yeah. No, no, he put a lot of people in our lives to guide yeah. us along and right. gosh, we've failed so many times it ain't funny. But we had <laughs> we know. had those people that you know that's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, for mean, sure. You know. Yeah, failure's only not trying. There's but no such thing as failure. That's when yeah. our faith became real to us. Uh, yeah. I realized if I wanted my family to believe this, then they they were going to have to see me doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we could all learn. Lead. Yeah, you learn some I? things from that. One being that the prayer of a persistent wife. Yeah, yeah. You know, who <laughs> will go down the road and not give up on her husband. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's a, your situation is no different than so many. Oh yeah, young oh, yeah. families of. Dads that are disconnected, mm-hmm. not really going. Moms that have, you know, like, what do we do? But you didn't give up, mm-hmm. you know. And no. I think that that is a testament of because of your walk of faith, right? Because you chose to go, even though your husband wouldn't be there, and just asking, not nagging, which is way mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, oh, yeah. there, there's yeah. a difference in that. That because of that act of obedience, that God did something in in your heart yeah, and changes some of those things. And I think the other lesson that we can learn is, is that for a man, you don't have to have it all right. You just have to have a commitment to say, you know what? It's my job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's my job to be the leader. To admit it. I have no idea what I'm doing. No Mm -hmm. one ever taught me. But at the end of the day, if I at least accept responsibility, that's all I ask men to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just start with accepting the responsibility. I'm going to be held accountable when we stand in front of Christ. Yeah. Whether you admit it or not, yeah. mm-hmm. you're responsible for it. Right. Yeah. So you, know? what, so you did it. Th- you did what I would encourage most men to do. Just start with accepting it. Not, I can't and I never will be and there's no way I can do it and she knows way more. And yeah. Just, at the end of the day, it starts with an acceptance of responsibility. Then this is the other thing that we can learn. And because of community, mm-hmm. it took people who were willing yeah. and yes. moved them over the edge, yep. right? Yep. And that's why we've always preached community. You can't replace it. I don't care what anybody says. You can't replace what it means to be in the life of somebody else. No. no. And that's where the small groups, you got to see right. faith that was real. Yeah. You right. know? And yeah. you got to walk alongside other people that were doing it and having just as much trouble as you. No, Because sure. you don't realize that yes. you think, you think the we're the only ones having this trouble. Yes. I know. Yeah. But then you actually see somebody that you think has it really together, and it's like. And they don't. Wow. You know, they, yeah, they're having they're this just the same like trouble. Us. Yeah. It's as messed up as I am. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing that we continue to think that of other people, but then continue yeah. to be shocked mm-hmm. that they are just like us. Yeah. yeah. So questions. Question we're, time. We're, yep, we're an hour in. So. Wow. That went by like real fast. I know. We keep doing this. Like people are going to have to be returning guests because we never really even got off the first subject. Yeah, we yeah. have a couple returning guests yeah. actually on the schedule. All right. Hold on. Wrong texting group thing. 
<laughs> well, I this screen- was my dog texting group. <laughs> yeah. so. No, yeah. I screenshotted them because it is going to help me. Okay. All right. Karen Bennett. Yeah. Longtime friend. How yes. do they stay sane with seven daughters? <laughs> LOL. <laughs> yeah, do you guys get a respite? Do you guys get away? Do you or do you want to get away? Like what does keep the you? The other ones will take them sometimes. They're like, well, like last year we went away for a week. Yeah. So Jesse, I think Jesse kept some. My mom kept probably kept Emma. And but yeah, no, the older ones really yeah. step in. They don't, yeah. they, and has that helped? Is getting away a good thing? Oh, it's a very good thing. It's yeah. just we need to do it more often, but it's hard to get into the swing of everything. And then you, life, it's like, oh, wait, it's Christmas time. I always yes. feel guilty. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he doesn't. I can only like. go a couple of days without him. Then I'm out. Oh, really? No, I don't like being away. Really? Okay. Nope. Okay. Well, they don't like it either. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, even Jesse, our oldest one. I mean. Really? Hell yeah. But, yeah. Because we do everything together with them. Yeah. Right. They're over two, three, four nights a week for supper. Which I love that. That's yeah, that's a good amazing. thing. We really enjoy that. We try to be a... I think that's how it should be. A, a big family. That's that's what the Lord blessed us with. So that's yeah. what we're trying to be. Yeah. 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 I love awesome. that. Family dinner nights yeah. on mm-hmm. the week. It's not yeah. like it's scheduled. They just kind of... No, right. They just come they in. They just kind of <laughs> show up. They're <laughs> there. I just make enough. And yeah. yeah. Or they, they just stay. They take turns making too sometimes. Yeah, like Jesse made last night. Like yeah, they want to yeah, hang out know. with you guys, so yeah. in the family, that's yeah. what's cool. Yeah, and yeah. sad to think that some people wouldn't have that. Yeah, uh, and we did fishing this last summer. Every Saturday, almost yeah, of the, the summer, we all yeah, went fishing. Good. Oh, really? It was a lot of fun. Yeah, so, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. All right, Emily Krieger. First of all, I love Bella. She's just the sweetest. She's in my middle school youth group, and I love when I get to connect with her. So thank you so much for raising such an awesome daughter. <laughs> That's not going to work. Well, I'm having a hard time seeing it. It's okay. okay. It's okay. Second, great, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Second, how did the conversation start about having foster kids and then ultimately adopting? Which I think we, yeah, we, we covered that. Yeah. 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 How do you recover once you have a child that isn't working out with your family or the opposite spectrum? How do you recover when you have a child that returns to the parents who fit with your family? Yeah. We yeah. actually had we had the one that went back. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually goes to church here. Yeah, yeah and it was it was well. Her dad was uh, he's an awesome man. He does great. His name's yeah. Gary too. But um, she still calls me mom. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it was uh, that, mm-hmm. that that situation worked out perfect for Shauna, and that's that's the way it should. I mean, yeah, that to me that's the way foster care is is supposed to be designed. Okay, mm-hmm. the. Mommy and daddy are having some type of issue. Right. That they need to focus on themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're and intentionally that's how we got into it. That premise or the thought that um, well, we'll watch your kids. And then you can come back. While, yeah. While the state, well, whatever you gotta do mm-hmm. takes care of it. Then when you're ready, we get them back. And that's that's the way it worked for Shauna. And it's it's been great. We love her to death. We mm-hmm. still see her. Yeah, quite often. <laughs> yeah, but, and, yeah. The, and we, you know, while he was working seconds, I kept her overnight so that that way, you know, he could work and sleep, and then he'd get her in the morning, and and we just the transition was easy. Yeah, but it's not she, always been like that. No. Some of right. Them, some of it, it's it's some of it's it's not fun. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's a. I think that's a lot of people's fear. It yes. would have been our fear. Like our fear was having to send having them back. To send them back. Yes. You know, so a, I think it takes like God has to do something special to your heart where you see it. Like what he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm here for a time, and I'm you know go ahead and give them back to the the parents who then mess it up again, and you get them back, yeah. and you're like, yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to have a special heart. And I think God does that. Like, I think he prepares you for those things. Mm-hmm. But you also need to know when you can't fix them. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. When, like when, when somebody else like, can. And, you like, know, no. they need yeah, to be somewhere sure. else. Yeah. Which is hard to deal with because you, I want to fix them. Right. Oh, yeah. I want to take care of them. I mm-hmm. want them to know that they're loved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to give them the ability to find somebody else that can take care of them. Yeah, for sure. Knowing, good, knowing enough that this situation isn't going to be it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Good. All right, next question from Emily Miller. With it being upwards of $10,000 to adopt a single child in the USA, how could somebody help with fostering adoption epidemic if you didn't have sufficient funds? Are there places to volunteer or locations to give things away to children in need? It doesn't cost that much through foster care. It doesn't? No, at that time it didn't cost us anything because if... um, when they become wards of the state, that's that's what they are. The state owns them. Wow. Yeah. So, so the the difference in what she's talking about. So if you would go out and do a normal adoption, right? Test, that would be ten thousand upwards of ten thousand. Yeah. Yes. For a new baby, anything really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just to have a uh, found or a what's the word? The people, the middleman case study. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's for yeah. all the the paperwork they have to do. The lawyer that has to be involved. Oh. The background checks the. They do a house study. But most most times, like, that agencies only work with small children. Like, they very seldom are ever working with sibling groups of people. I mean, it's mostly the foster care system that's taking kids that are three, four, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of realm that are somewhere in that sibling group. Like, you Mm -hmm. don't, you know, and so, yeah, yeah, that if you want to go – in a different realm. But if right. you want to go down the foster to adopt realm, they don't I get, mean, you got to be licensed. So you got to yep. go through the classes. You got to get case and studies. You're water tested, which Background is always a, the craziest. Water testing. Yeah, here's the craziest thing to me. So when we took in the, when we were going through foster care, uh-huh. right? So they got to make sure you have enough bedrooms. You got to yeah. have enough water. And I'm like, wait a second. I said, the kids, some of these kids are living out of an exactly. escalator. Some of these exactly. Kids are <laughs> And it's okay with them. How and they said, absolutely, sense? it's okay with them because it's mom and dad. Yes. Yep. But when it's you, you have to meet a certain criteria. Why? Why is that? Why do they make so many stipulations that well, are boundaries to people from helping? Like Trying to weed out the ones my, that don't want it. My guess is uh, so you don't go from the fr- frying pan into the fire. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Maybe it's I'm just gonna... a way to, like you said, weed yeah, out. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, but again, it's always... That's and because we never we got a license, but we had the opportunity to put the kids into foster care mm-hmm. because then you could get the stipend, which is next yeah. to nothing, but it's still something, yeah. Yeah. you know, to help get it done. And that was my biggest thing is I just wanted to stay out of it because I thought some of that stuff was broke, mm-hmm. you it know. Is. And and again, I'm, everything's broke, right? Yeah, so that's right. the good parts about it, some bad parts about it. But I would just encourage anybody that would say, "Hey, finance is an issue." on fostering to adopt, they need to get hold of, of life church, hands of hope people that are around, Mm -hmm. because I just can't imagine 
that there can't that if finances are an issue and a kid's life's at stake, I can't right. imagine that being an that issue. We wouldn't be <laughs> a church mm-hmm. and a people who would step up and stand in the gap. Right. Like I yep. just can't imagine that. So, so her second question was volunteering. Is there any place to volunteer or drop off things? Uh, or you can drop stuff off at like DCS and stuff. Um because w- when you get these kids, a lot of times it's just a trash bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a Walmart. Or even that. I mean, like with Emma, I had nothing. Yeah. I had a car seat and a, a pillowcase with a couple diapers and stuff from the hospital. That's all I had. Wow. But she didn't need much when you're three days So old. are you guys involved at all with Hands of Hope? No, I've never heard of it. Oh, yeah. You've never heard of it? it? Isn't that the, the thing we, we go to down in... No, no it's hands. here. Oh. Helping Hands is what we have done a lot with down in Bluffton, but I've never heard yeah, of Yeah, so what did I call it? Did I say it right? No, you say Hands of Hope. Yeah, here. So yeah. there's a... So, I didn't know about it. So Evie Blackburn started it, and now... Um, it's Bree Sullivan. Yeah, okay. I don't know that So anyway, here's the idea. So the idea is, is that foster care parents get together, mm-hmm. right? And so this was our, like, it was Evie's idea, and what we're trying to figure out is how to partner with her mm-hmm. and now Bree. Yeah. Because the idea is these foster care parents get together. It's once a week. And then like for back then you once start a to month do, now. Oh, is it? Okay. I believe it's one, right? It's once a month. It, maybe it was always once a month. I'm going to get a lot of stuff wrong, but I think, have to, I think <laughs> the premise meet. is they right. Yeah. They get together because you always have to have ongoing training. Right. So if you're going to yes. be foster, awesome. so it meets your ongoing training criteria. The other thing is, is that there's child care. Mm-hmm. So it helps with like, if you want to come and get yeah. together with other foster care parents. Right. The other thing is, is then there's team of people and I know there's some people here at the church that are on those teams mm-hmm. that are respite teams oh, okay. so it's like if you need a respite these teams yeah. are set up to take your kids yeah. and so it's like certain what's a respite that's a big need because yeah, we, we have respite that's what is word, that right? it's, that's it's where you you like you say you're having trouble or you need a break you need uh-huh. a break and, and then this person can yeah this person I mean, can for, take yeah, this kid for you yeah. oh yeah so, so for a night a or for a day okay. or two gotcha and then it's also a place where people if they wanted to give to they give to the hands of hope and hands of hope gives to the oh, the, the oh, awesome. foster care that's cool family so maybe you should put this out there mm-hmm. to give all the real information right i know the gist <laughs> of it is how to partner with how churches can partner with because the idea then would be so the answer to the question before is like how can we help foster care families mm-hmm. hands of hope that's what she was evie was trying to get done because yeah. then the church could provide funds mm-hmm. into right. this and they could provide which so i had hard. heard yeah. was the biggest thing is these respite teams yeah. You need oh, food, we'll oh, bring gosh, you food. Yes. If you need help, we'll bring you wow. help. If you need babysitting, we'll bring you babysitting. And these teams, so it's formed out of small groups. Like Taylor, I think, uh-huh. small group. Does anybody know if this is true? <laughs> what, Taylor? Like what I'm saying, like Taylor's small group of young adults? I'm not sure. Okay. There are teams of people I know here at Life okay. that are a part of the respite teams and those teams, like anytime the Sullivans, uh-huh. as an example, needed something, they would get a hold of oh, that Taylor, awesome. who was assigned yeah. to them. Like their small group was Got assigned you. to the Sullivans and whatever they needed. Take the kids, get food. So wow. it's really a great thing. That's but awesome. again, it's never really, Been I don't used. know that it's got a tens of traction, yeah. you know, yeah. And connection with how oh, it can work good. together. But I think it's a good answer yeah. to what we've been trying to discuss yeah. earlier. So maybe you can put it out after okay. this podcast, of, mm-hmm. yeah. like from a resource standpoint, because I yeah. do think that the Hands of Hope is 
Agreed. That would be awesome to get involved in. Because, yes. I mean, we had times where with Abby, no one will take her. Right. Mm. Because of the fetal alcohol, the retached disorder, yeah. the ADHD, the PT, PTSD, yep. every place like Parkview and all them. Well, Parkview was done with her. They, they were done. Okay. They wow. Couldn't, they couldn't take they her. They said not to bring her back no more. Yeah. Right. Wow. Right. So then it's like yeah. it left us with, <laughs> what do we do now? Yeah. Right. I know, do know Pathfinders is open in a house, too, in Roanoke for respite care. Mm. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so though. either way, you could put that out there because I know that now Bree, mm-hmm. I know they meet here. I mean, yes, they, they meet do. at the church, and I know there's oh. a whole thing that goes with it. Yeah. And there used to be a donation center here when people would come. They could donate, and then it was like, as a foster, if you had a need, you could walk up to our donation center and grab stuff That's out cool. of it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I, Oh, wow. Used to be. Now, I don't know. And that was the idea. The idea is we would be a funnel for people like and donations. Hug. And then so we could, you know, they could present it to the church and church right. could put together these teams and every church could do it. Yeah. Right? And you'd have these teams of people that have become respite teams. Yeah. And so there, you as a family would be assigned to a team of at life church and we would be your people. Right. right? That's and cool. Would, that we would awesome. help that get mm-hmm. that. So anyway, I like that idea. Like that. All right, Robert Glover. Robert Grover. He wants to know how is it feeling, or yes, how does it feel knowing that you have formed a boy into a God honoring man? And how would you voice for that? Okay, oh my gosh. How would you voice that for the people and boys listening today? Love you, mom and dad, and keep it up. Thank Aww. you. This is your favorite son, by the way. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> yeah. He's been a blessing. He really has. All the son-in-laws have. I, I like watching watching them own their own faith mm-hmm. and yeah. being a being a part of that. It's it's really it's a from a father standpoint or from the I guess I would say patriarch standpoint, mm-hmm. it's just the best. It's the best thing I'd want to see. I mm-hmm. see now these are these are the leaders of the households right, right. that are, mm-hmm. are going to raise my my grandkids. Mm-hmm. You know, and a person couldn't want anything more but for them just to grow up in a God honoring home. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. so how cool is it that this whole reproduction yes. process? You know, here you, you are, know. you're up at church. Somebody poured into you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you're pouring into them, and they'll continue this cycle because they've watched it happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't say any more than that. When pe- when kids watch it happen, there's no secret sauce. No. no. It's when you when it's happened to you, yep. you usually turn around and give it back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. own that yeah. responsibility. Yeah. And it's not that Karen and I've done everything right because we haven't. But wow. whenever I screwed up, which I did several, several times, I always tried to at least apologize. And yeah, mm-hmm. make it sure. <laughs> yeah. Make it right. Yeah, good. Not do it again. Yeah. <laughs> but and it's neat to see the kids, the older kids pouring into the younger yes. kids yes. too. Right. Yep. Because we've seen that. There's been issues where one of them will do something, and we've been able to step back. Wow. And, and let the older ones take charge but of But there them. again, the older ones are in, you know, 30 down in the mid-20s. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? So yeah. they, right. But it's neat to see them do that. Right. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is, because you poured into them. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. All right. Lisa Freeman wants to know, what made them decide fostering was right for them? How long have they been fostering? Which... Yeah, we kind of answered. Yeah. How long? Yeah. I don't know if we got that, like... Oh, gosh. Um, we got Abby, and then she was three and one. We did it until, I think, nine. She was okay. nine because she had so many issues. Mm-hmm. 
at the time we couldn't bring anybody else yeah, in the for house. Sure. Yeah. So yes, we so. had to kind of stop for that or, or we right. would have still been bringing them in. <laughs> <laughs> so nine years, yeah, nine, nine years. years. Yeah. All right. Elizabeth Grover, which of the seven girls is your favorite? favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that was coming? Yes. My, does more, she say that a lot? <laughs> no. no, more than Kay does. <laughs> Our second oldest one says she that always, she's the favorite. She always yeah. says she's the favorite because she, she reads a lot and there's a, there's a saying that basically if you say something long enough, it becomes the truth. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That's good. So do we have favorites? No. No. Better not. I love them be in trouble. I know. They tell me I sometimes love their friends more than them. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm my mom's favorite, and I know it. Yeah. So do my siblings. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The number that I, or not the number, because I never told you the number, but the number will be at the bottom. Because that's all the questions. Yes, that's all the yeah, questions. All of them okay. done. Which was, that was a lot. Yeah. I had to go back through, yeah. figure them out. But what I just read off the questions, I send out a text every week and I let you know who's going to be on the podcast and we want you to ask our guest questions. So that gets you a different aspect or perspective into their life than what Mike and I can get out of them. Yeah. But we just want you to be involved and yeah, we want you to be involved with us on the podcast. Yeah. So if you know a guest, you have questions about our guests or anything else, we just want you to respond. Yeah. Good. And again, thank you guys. I know we didn't thank get you. into a lot. So no, like I said, I, I hope That's we fine. can bring you guys back, but I do think, um, for the people that are listening out there, like this is a podcast to share with other people. Because yeah. again, this is something that this is big on all levels, right? So, so what was discussed today is more than just what, how do we figure out the foster care system is how do we, as a people live by faith? Yeah. Right. And how Definitely. do we continue to, to allow us to have the eyes and the heart and the, the mind that, that God has. And, and it's cool because it has nothing to do with whether you haven't or haven't made mistakes, mm -hmm. right? Because this is yeah. the key of all for all of us. This is that we don't even have to say that because everybody knows it, right? Mm -hmm. Like we already know if you are going to be obedient and you're going to follow the Lord, you are going to make mistakes and Absolutely. we are going to, to make decisions that aren't the best. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what he's looking for is a man and a woman after God's own heart. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. somebody that's going to keep pursuing. And I think for anybody that's listening, that's what they see in you guys. Not you know, whether you made mistakes or whether you made great decisions. Mm -hmm. I think what people are looking for is people who are going to passionately follow the heart of God, right? Yes. And try to do whatever he's called you guys to do. So I, I mean, it's been inspirational to listen to you guys yeah. and to be able to learn more Thank about you. your story and to be able to see what God has done in your life. And I think, again, as Robert shared, is, is that, listen, at the end of the day, and I'm sure that this is, his isn't just the only story, is, is that when you watch that and when you're intentional and when you do the things that you guys have done, that's, that is infectious, right? Like it just, it, it goes to other people, whether you wanted it to or not, like yeah. it just does and that multiplication process. And I think we can all be praying together that can we be obedient? Can we take steps of faith? Can, can, can revival happen? Not because we have all the answers, but because we're just willing. Yeah. Definitely. You know what I mean? So when we say, yeah. you don't have to say revival in such an area or such an area, I'm all I'm saying is revival to the point where comfort isn't the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so Jenny will give you a bunch of resources, hopefully from this. So <laughs> yes, so you lot, prayer. Yeah. <laughs> if you want that and you want mm -hmm. to pray it every day, she'll put it out there for you. The hands of hope, 
you know, the opportunity to be able to understand what that is yeah. and how to be able to get involved. So if you're listening, you know, she'll be able to put those out, you know, on our social media. And again, for anybody that's listening or watching, you know, they need to come up. They need to talk to you guys. They need yeah. to get to know you. Uh, again, just whether it is to say I, because, again, I think your story is something that so much of us can learn from. And mm-hmm. we just appreciate your heart, you know, and what you've done for young people and how God's going to continue to use you. And yeah. I think those are amazing things. So resources. Again, huh? If um if you want resources for the Hands of Hope or anything else, you can go to our app, which under our app we have a resource tab. Oh. And we'll just put them on there too. Oh, okay. That way they can just okay. have a direct link. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yep. Yeah. And then you can put the Sir Francis Drake prayer out somewhere. Yes, I can. Oh, Nick will probably remember. Yeah, Nick's got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you look at the if you look at the annual report from last year. Is that what you have on yours? It. So it's oh, like I, I, think have, I do remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah. so it's called Disturb Us Lord. And so okay. I, I put it I'm gonna have to yes. look at it again. But again, so thanks everybody again for joining us. Thank you for taking time to get to know um, you know, more people and having an opportunity to get to know our guests today and just being able to share in their journey and be able to pray for you guys as you continue to move forward. And we're thankful that you listen, thankful that you watch. We pray that you will share it, put comments out there on YouTube, you know, because every time that happens, more people get an opportunity to be able to see it. And again, we just believe that stories impact people. So we thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. (laughs) Thank you.